Welcome to Six Picks Music, a podcast for people who dress their entire family in a themed Halloween costume. Welcome back, listener, and to all of listeners' friends joining us for the first time. This is Six Picks Music, where we talk about six songs centered on a theme. I'm Dave, and as always, I'm joined by Jeffro. Hey, baby. And Russ. What's up, guys? With the three of us to evenly divide up six songs, we each get to bring two of our favorites. But before we get too far down the road, we got to get the doors unlocked. Jeffro, what's our password today? Touch my tutor, smoocher. <laughs> Touch My Tutor Smoocher is very on brand for our episode today. Let's open up the doors. So, you may have guessed it, dear listener, if uh, you are a fan of this band and you took it from the password that the theme this week is Ween. But not just Ween, the band, but more the two sides of Ween. We're going to be talking about the very brown early beginnings of Ween and then the lesser brown, more produced periods of their catalog. Why don't you define brown for those who don't know? Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> Who doesn't know already? There's a poopy version and a post-poopy version of Ween. That's what brown means. You know what I think? I think I think Russ is a little concerned that we are focused on a specific band that we all do like, but we don't want the show to be too niche. So check it out. Ween was a band that formed roughly in 1984, uh, made up of two eighth-grade dudes from New Hope, Pennsylvania, named Mickey Mochiondo and uh, Aaron Freeman. And they're also, their pseudonyms are Dean and Gene Ween. And uh, these guys, um, they lucked out in that they were starting to play gigs right around the time that major labels wanted very weird alternative bands to sign. And they were happy to provide weird alternative shit. And so... Um, their, their first stuff is a celebration of oddness and then they become like a proper band. Uh, so we have two different eras of ween, one that's kind of punk as fuck and weird and strange. And another one that's like writing really good songs. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. The, the crazy weird ween and the, the band, the ex- more accessible band, Ween. <laughs> I was going to say, I think there's still some really great songs uh, that you'll find in that early era. No doubt about it. It's funny because I, when I was a young lad uh, using Google for the first time, I wanted to have the inside track on when Ween tickets were going on sale. So I created a Google alert for, uh, for Ween. I'll, I'll get those alerts still. I created this thing like 10 years ago, but it still sends me everything every now and again. But um, it's funny because uh, this last fall, I got an alert for Ween in Austin and I was like, oh shit, they're coming to Austin. And I clicked on it and it was a Halloween uh, oh, link no. about some bullshit that was like <laughs> Halloween. And speaking of disappointing Halloweens, I've got the gold this week. So it's, it's 1986, and my dad has uh, taken a job in Dallas, Texas, and I was born in Amarillo uh, in the morning, like the song. Amarillo by morning. Yeah, that's the from one. from San Antonio. <laughs> 
and uh, yeah, everything I that I've got. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's right. just what I got on. <laughs> so we're gonna fly uh, to uh, to visit my dad and you know look for a house and and eventually move. And it's Halloween. And uh, my aunt, she works in uh, one of the logistics departments at uh, Southwest headquarters. And my mom's like, well, we're flying on Halloween. Is, you know, do people dress up? And, and, and Aunt Judy said, yeah, everybody dresses up. We're all dressed up. Uh, they should totally dress up. And, um, and so my mom has this plan that she's going to, uh, uh, to dress us up as we fly from, from Amarillo to Dallas. And this was in the era where my mom sewed all of our costumes she created them herself and it just so happened that our next door neighbor had recently passed away and she was um a cancer patient who was in chemotherapy and so when she died and her son was clearing out her house he had this big you know big box of wigs that you know he brought over to the house and said to my mom do y'all want these wigs and of course my mom's like of course we want these wigs oh, the boys will wear them and it'll be <laughs> i can't believe where this is headed i can't believe this it'll be an adventure you know they'll dress up and they'll do all kinds of stuff so it's just a collection of cancer wigs then huh <laughs> that we're now wearing as like eight and six year olds <laughs> And so my mom's looking at this box of wigs. She's looking at her uh, at her sewing machine, and she's like, "I know. We'll make clown costumes. We'll be clowns. We'll be a family of clowns." I know what we'll and do. So, we'll make skin costumes, and it'll be Silence of the Lambs, guys. Anyways, she sews the shit out of four clown costumes that she, myself, and my two brothers all wear to the airport with our fucking suitcases and backpacks to get on the plane. And we're all just like looking at her saying, Mom, really? Are we going to really do this? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aunt Judy said everybody dresses up. It's a whole thing. You know, there'll be candy everywhere. Like, we'll go and it'll be fun. All right. So we go to the airport and we pull up and we park and we walk in with all of our shit. And there's nobody in a costume. Not a one. Not a one person. Of course there's not. And uh, they look at my mom's ID and they look at her clown face and they look at us <laughs> and our clown faces and they say, all right, cool, go on in and just let us on the plane. And sure as shit, not a one person on the flight was wearing a fucking costume. <laughs> we get there. My little brother is crying. I'm so fucking mad. And she's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Aunt Judy said everybody dresses up. And so I thought it would be fun. Aunt Judy's a fucking liar. Well, so we get in the car, we get the rental, and then we drive over to headquarters where Aunt Judy actually works, and we walk in the door, and everybody's in a fucking costume. Everybody at the office is, but nobody in the fucking uh, airport the is. the office. Ugh. God. Were you it guys was... cool at the office, or were they like, Ugh. No. Well, they were like, oh, cute, you guys are in a costume. And we were all so fucking angry that it didn't matter. They gave us a little bit of candy, and then, like... That was that was how I how I met the city of Dallas, where we would eventually move, and I would spend you know the formative years of my life through second grade to high school. Cancer clowns. <laughs> I think you should kick us off, Jeff. I think you've got the I think you've got the goods. Ween is a band with its own mythos. They uh, have a god with whom they commune. His name is Bugnish. They first recorded in uh, a place called The Pod, 
which was a communal house in New Hope, and they had a tiny room in which they recorded their first three albums, which are the brownest of the brown. So album one, God, Ween, Satan, The Oneness. Album two, The Pod. Album three, Pure Guava. And so the picks for today, um, you guys nailed the pod you were you're all over the pod no we each we each have a different album apologies yes i i should have re-familiarized myself with your picks right before this he's a real big fan listener he's a real big fan oh don't even do this i am a big fan so so i needed to round it out with one from the third album which is pure guava and the song that i chose is big jim The songs that I chose are uh, the the first one is meant to be emblematic of a Ween style from the Brown period, which is that both of them are on the mic interacting, and you could tell that they went ahead and recorded the entire track of music, uh, partially using. I think they're just using a four track, and so they have like I think a drum machine on it um, and a guitar part, and it comes in and goes like rolling down the and it just goes right into the song. <laughs> so Gene is singing what are by all accounts weird lyrics he's one of the greatest weird lyricists of all time uh lots of stuff about eyeballs and uh don't squelch the weasel and stuff like this and um in this one he it's it's him singing weird lyrics and making weird noises because he pitches his vocals different ways and does all kinds of stuff and then dean is on guitar and shouting big jill madam over and over and so at first it goes in rhythm with the music and it's like do 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 big jim and it and it's predictable when it's gonna happen and then by the end of the song it totally breaks down and he's just screaming <laughs> big jim big jim and then w- when he's doing that gene is going what's the biggest thing you ever don't say big jim don't say big jim and so they're <laughs> trying to make each other laugh on the track and it's working and the whole song falls apart by the end but it still works What's key about it is that the guitar riff is good. The melody is kind of good. It's a catchy song. They're already showing that they have the potential to be not just a celebration of oddness, but an actual badass band. You talking about the breakdown is made me laugh because it's so true. It's just, yeah. It just falls apart and it's hilarious. Yeah. And that's a part, how that's they a part of the like... song. That... Go. Maybe we should raise hands. hands? Are you you doing it right now? Making this breakdown? Is that (laughs) (laughs) to mirror? Is it it a what? (laughs) Yeah. Don't say Big Jim. Don't say Big Jim. That's a big breakdown. That's a part of the song I selected. Is a part where it's kind of going from being a song to falling apart (laughs) lyrically. Um, That's it. I mean, like, it falls apart. They're like, that's fine. This is going to be a great one. Here we go. Yeah, which is kind of, uh, I think, our podcasting style. (laughs) 
Yeah, very much. <laughs> very, very brown. <laughs> so fast forward uh, to the year 2000. So Pure Guava, I think, is 1993. Russ, fact check me on that. Pure Guava is 92. 92. After that, they have albums in 94, uh, which is kind of a, a break point. And then they have an, a country record, and then they have a sea shanty record, and then uh, they have White Pepper. And so White Pepper was accessible enough that they played Letterman in support of this album, White Pepper. Mm. Um, and they come out in jeans wearing sunglasses and black clothes, and Dean's over there shredding. And they just look kind of cool. They look put together. They're almost 30 years old or right around there. And they're turning into like a pro band with a great drummer and great musicians. And they play the song Exactly Where I'm At. Exactly Where I'm At is a song that um, I think marks this shift to just excellent songwriting and musicianship and also songs that can take you to that magical rock kingdom that we all try to travel to. Gene and the lyrics, he's letting you in to the fact that he's hidden in the past behind the abstract. He says, I may fall back on the abstract. It'd be exactly where I'm at. And he's saying that before I was being silly i was being playful i was misdirecting people but i am a serious person sometimes and i have serious ideas and you know some of the those in the future might be on display so this is a song that it's the lead on white pepper and it's marking a shift in the kind of music that they're gonna play i love this song too uh one of the things that i i think is great about not just this song but this album um i always heard that white pepper was kind of like a an amalgamation of their uh influence of trying to do like a a, a white album and a sergeant pepper album combined I think the way it went was they they turned the album in without a, a title, and someone said, "This is like your White Album," or "No, maybe it's more like your Sergeant Pepper album." And they said, "White Pepper, okay, cool, we're doing it." <laughs> like you know, in no, true perfect. Ween style, just do whatever you want. Yeah, fucking a right. Uh, but like, uh, th- just the beginning uh, verse or whatnot is uh, the vocal is is back. And it's kind of like in a different, uh, it's filtered in a different way. And then when he comes in with the, uh, I'm all staged. Yeah. When he's like, I'm staged and it's like, and then it's presentation and then it's like up front and loud and big, just like the new record is and all just, I don't know. I, I thought that was an interesting touch. And he still does really strange stuff with the lyrics at the beginning. He said, and to think you've got a grip. Well, look at yourself. Your lips are like two flaps of fat. They go front and back and flappity flappity flap. But yeah. it's going to this like beautiful intro music. And then it, and then it hits. I'm all stage. It's all an act. It's so good, <laughs> dude. So good. I think it's time it's great. now for somebody else to hit us with some brown. 
Yeah, no, I'll I'll go next. I uh, one of the things I really love about the Brown Sound is that it's uh, it, you know, it's not always the first place that that new Wayne fans start. You know, there's so many people that have been day one diehards or whatnot, but I didn't get to do that. So I had to, I had to come back to the catalog as we went through and saw songs at shows. And that's one of the reasons why I love uh, this song is just because I've seen them play uh, this song a number of different times. And that is off of the pod. And that's Demon Sweat. And so this song is 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 interesting because it's you know it's just over four minutes long, and uh, it's only half of it has any kind of lyrics, and so it's sort of the 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 very early glimpses into the fact that this band can really fucking just jam. Wasn't the pod written or maybe uh, recorded when they both had mono? Well, there's a story there too, but I, I think they recorded the record from January to October. Like they spent literally 10 months recording the record that, that ultimately ended up being 23 tracks. I, I do think that, yeah, there's a story that they, they had mono when they uh, were. Yeah. And there's a, there's a song called mononucleosis on here. And then there's a, there's another one, um, so they both had mono and they were both apparently huffing a lot of scotch guard during this one um that's one of the the it might be an apocryphal story but it's a story about this yeah they've kind of said after the fact that that you know that didn't really happen but they they let that that one go they're like ah, that's fine we're cool with being the scotch guard band <laughs> yeah so i think i think that they were falling in love with people they were they they probably did have mono there's a lot about sweat and tasting the waste on this record uh and they were also eating a bunch of pork roll egg and cheeses and yep. so there's a song it's called pork roll egg and cheese another one called she fucks me that's about pork roll egg and cheese and then also somebody fucking him <laughs> So it's pretty pretty out there. I see this song as as about uh, you know you can get real deep on the analytics of it, but uh, it is about uh, I think either a lover or a loved one uh, leaving and and just coming to terms with the that new isolation and and then uh, uh, the sweat is either just kind of uh, kind of that loneliness or maybe that. Uh, side effect of addiction or who knows like I, they were probably like 20 years old and just making up words but it doesn't really matter because you get halfway through the song and then fucking Diener just rips into a guitar solo that will melt your fucking brain regardless of whether or not you've had any kind of substance in your body I like it in bands when you listen to some of their earlier stuff and you can hear what they will become and you can hear 100% like the unleashing of their potential. And this is one of those songs, like not only is he writing great lyrics, I mean, it's like the wind flows and it's blowing cold and I'm still here gripping onto what's not around. Now it's also clear to me now gripping onto what's not around. That's, that's some good stuff. And then you get the face melter from 
Diener. And so it's just this like no, you're song right. that's got all the stuff. <laughs> so it's like it goes from that kind of really intense lyric to ending with boop, boop, doo, doo, boop, boo, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just kind of like bluesy scanning through it. Uh, I read uh, <laughs> that uh, this they 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 say this is their Phil Collins song, and it has a very uh, face value awesome. kind of application to it. And, That's funny. Um, so yeah, I I think it's I think it's Brown because it uh, uh, it rips into that space where it becomes this jammer of a track. We're really new to the podcast world and. Certainly open to any sponsorships that uh, are coming our way, and and we've got one that I think is we met with earlier today, and and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. It's a local uh, cidery company uh, here in Texas. Really good guys. We had a really nice lunch with uh, the two brothers, uh, John and Anthony Dickin, and uh, their company is Dickin Cider. So we are really happy to bring Dickin Cider on board as our first beverage sponsor of the pod. So welcome aboard. It's delicious. It's crisp. It's something that you can have every day. It's not habit forming perfectly fine to have a Dickin Cider every day. After a long day at work, there's nothing better. If you're stressed out, try a Dickin Cider. On your birthday, it's the day of the year that you better get a Dickin Cider. If you got great expectations, you know, settle for nothing less than a Dick and Cider. Thank you, Dick and Cider, for uh, your sponsorship. And the next segment is potentially brought to you by Dickens Cider. Support local ciders, guys. All right. So I'm going to jump from this, from my very, very early brown into... Uh, my kind of still pretty brown, but not so brown from a production value, uh, going to the mollusk and the track is mutilated lips. Mutilated lips give a kiss on the wrist of the worm like tips of tentacles expanding in my mind. I'm fine accepting only fresh brine. You can get another drop of this. Yeah, you wish. Now, this song is one of the most wild tracks that I think I've ever heard. I think the 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 acoustic guitar in it is playing chords that just sound so incredibly weird and so beautiful at the same time. And then, like, the vocals on it are distorted and in different uh, octaves and talking about really weird things. And I think it really highlights one of the aspects of Ween that I that I truly love is just sort of like the, the storytelling quality that they bring to all of their songwriting. I feel like there's always this world that they're building and particularly with uh, the mollusk, which is an entire concept. I, there's so many different concepts that they try to dig into. Uh, throughout their catalog, but uh, this is their this is their sea shanty record, as 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 Frodo said earlier. But uh, yeah, everything is about the ocean. The cover of the record has this crazy looking sea creature with tentacles and and all kinds of different uh, you know unreal monstrous things upon it. And uh, the cover of the record is by Storm Thor 
Gerson, who was yeah. the same person that designed Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon record cover. And he said that The Mollusk was the best record he had heard in 20 years. I love all of his artwork. And that's one of the nice things about collecting vinyl is really the cover art. It's great. So uh, here we go. Uh, I know. <laughs> fuck me. Uh, <laughs> fuck my ass. But um, do you have The Mollusk on vinyl? I do. It actually came in a, a three vinyl set that they <sighs> they did with uh, with White Pepper and with 12 Golden Country Greats. That was before I was buying and I really <laughs> screwed up not buying that i need to i need to have I'm all of those pretty fortunate to have like been buying vinyl when these were all really easy to get and uh so i i have i have just mm. about all of them there's a couple that i don't but uh that hurts me well come down you can play them we'll listen to it but, uh... <laughs> so anyway mutilated lips is great it's got a great guitar riff and uh there's like three different guitars in it that are going at the same time so it's like Giner's playing the acoustic and then dean's got all these little uh uh fill-ins and and there's like a third one that i'm not sure if they track or if they have somebody else playing it when they do it live but it's so good and so weird and like it makes me uncomfortable kind of like uh uh spinal meningitis does but it's also like one of my favorite songs of all time they recorded this record too, like on in a little um, beach house in New Jersey, but it was during the winter, and so it was like frigid, cold outside. And Giner had a book of Irish shanties, which they drew on to do a couple of the songs. And then they also like their equipment flooded, and they were and Gene also broke up with somebody, so they were super depressed. So there was a story about uh, that Dean told it one night. He he was like, all right, let's take 50 bucks and go put it on red at the casino and see if we win. And if we win, we'll go eat some steak. And so they went and they doubled up their money. They did win. And then they went and had a big steak dinner to try to cheer Gene up. Um, and so and so like but but some of the darkness of like a like imagine a winter on the beach in New Jersey, like how depressing that would be. Some of that like that coldness finds its way into this record. Like there's a, there are pockets of desolation mixed with like, you know, acid rock mixed with sea shanty, you know? Uh, so it's, it's a really cool record. So that's, that's my not so Brown and, uh, Russ, what do you got for us this week? So my Brown song is you fucked up. You Fucked Up is the inaugural Ween song. It's the first song off the first album called God, Ween, Satan, The Oneness. Though, um, Oh, so s- suddenly now Russ cares about debut singles. Like, this is... <laughs> he cares about the rules all of a sudden, even though it doesn't apply. Finally. I, I, I just, got the rules, guys. I figured yeah, it out. I did it. It took, it took him four episodes. He was so warmed by his failure. In the f- <laughs> and so I think they wrote this song when they were 16, so... Right, you know, and, it, and right. it shows. This one for sure, it shows. It's uh, you know, it's a a brief minute thirty seven seconds. Though most songs are on that record. 
but it's just this unhinged overreaction to a girl breaking Gina's heart by doing something, but we don't know what, right? It, just, it doesn't even matter. He's just freaking out and just losing it. Almost like what Jeff was saying, how the song breaks down. He like stutters over the words or stumbles over them as he's just like what people get when they're so angry. It's like my favorite part of the song. Yeah, he says, uh, you fucked up, you sloppy little shit bitch or whatever he just like, <laughs> yeah, I can't even figure out what words he wanted to use right it's to, hilarious and he, he calls me a Nazi bitch hey, you fucking yeah. Nazi whore yeah so it's like a straight up <laughs> punk song right yeah. and it, it's even got the the anti-fascism in it if you were to put that on you're like okay this is a definite punk album but then it just goes to tick right after it and you're like whoa what are we in for so Oh, Tick is so good too. But yeah, I, I, so th- again, I think this is one of the things that's really fantastic is that there's this, this, this narrative storytelling aspect to the world building that, uh, that they've, they've used in their songwriting form. It's just, it's like, you want to know, like, what did she do? Like, what happened? Like, what's going on? Who is she? What's her name? You know, it's like, there's all of this stuff that in a very quick minute 30, they've, they've, they've created a, a space that feels very real and very. But on the same record and we and we don't know if any of this is about their about things that actually happened or if they're just sure they're sure, just sure, sure. channeling this anger it's interesting that it is the first song on the record it really comes out of the <laughs> gates because it just starts with yeah fuck <laughs> and then yeah like but, the new listeners like oh i heard this band is pretty cool i'm gonna go buy this cd and yeah. like put it in and your first track is like oh Maybe I should definitely tell it's like it's like a time and a place, you know, they're this is the late 80s. They are they're a party band that are teenagers at the time. This is probably the song that they're starting the house party. They blow the doors off with this thing, you know, and people are like, yeah, it gets everybody really into it. And then, you know, on the same record, you have Don't Laugh, I Love You, which is a real sweet little song about loving somebody. And then there's Birthday Boy, which is pondering, you know, what it, it's about aging, sort of, and your relationship yeah. to your parents. And so there's like a lot of sweet stuff on this record, too. It's not all misogynistic, <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> right. which has been a concern for them because they're so unfiltered that at times, you know they've put they've recorded things that probably now they would think twice about but but you know it was part, they were growing up they were children when they made this well i mean i remember hearing that song when i was younger right and i was like yeah like i know exactly how you feel mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. listening to it again you know i mean in depth in, in the last week or so i was like old me is like jesus man pull yourself together <laughs> yeah, <this is laughs> control <too> yourself <laughs> this is very aggressive <laughs> on the same record russ there's another prince cover so in previous eps you've discussed uh prince cover by foo fighters of course darling nikki and on this one is lmlyp which of course stands for yep. let me lick your pee <laughs> and not is not penis but yeah, P U S S. Yeah, Pusswa is nice. That's actually I like the French. <laughs> I like the French translation. You like, you like the French puss? Yeah, like. it makes me feel better about it. I really don't like that word very much. Uh, so I I always try to fill it in with like puss in boots or something stupid like that. <laughs> the Europhile Jeffro loves Pusswa. Pusswa. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, well, fucking a, take us not so brown. 
Yeah, the post brown. I I went off of uh, Quebec, two thousand three. The ending track, which was "If You Could Save Yourself," in parentheses, you'd save us all. If you could save yourself, you'd save us all. Is that what you call before? This song is, uh, the first time I heard Quebec was with Jason. He bought this album and used to play it all the time. Wasn't it stuck in the CD player of his car for yeah, like got eight stuck years? In and that was the only thing that you could listen to when you rode with that it? That one song? <laughs> no, Quebec. No, the, the oh, album. the record. There, yeah. there are worse things. 100%. Anyway, so the first time I heard this song, I just loved it. It's, uh, you know, it's a song about a relationship ending, probably about Gina's divorce, because that was going through the, uh, the recording of Quebec, probably depression and probably drug use, right? Probably all those things are kind of intertwined here. Yeah. It's interesting to me, uh, The kind of the reason I picked both of these songs was in the first song, it is a straight blame song. You did this. It's all your fault. <laughs> and on this one, it kind of turns the lens back on himself a little bit. I've always thought the song was more of a conversation and i i was curious i went looking to see if anyone else thought this and they didn't so probably you guys are going to make fun of me and call me stupid because i probably am <laughs> but i'm going to go ahead and tell you the way that i feel like this song plays out yeah and we can you know discuss or whatever um so i'm just going to kind of go through the lyrics a little bit first verse he's leaving the embassy he sees the governor and the lover holding hands right which i think is a little bit of jealousy yeah sure and then, you know he gets home he empties the suitcase so he, he's not around for a while, so probably touring, right, um, or something, some kind of travel-related work, depending if it's strictly Gene or just some character that is. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so then uh, the chorus comes in, and it's, if you could save yourself, you'd save us all. But I feel like that's coming from, let's say, the wife character. Okay. And then Gene comes in and says, is that what you called me for? Is that why you're knocking on my door? It's like the time I spent working myself to death, I thought that's what you wanted. And then she comes in and says... I thought you needed my help to make it good again, to make us strong, to make you happy, to push you along and gain some respect, to be thrown a crumb. And then Gene, maybe Gene, says, I was on my knees when you knocked me down. So I feel like it's this kind of an argument going on in this chorus. Hmm. Huh. And then the second verse is all about how everything went wrong. You know, the wheels fell off, the bottom dropped out, checks all bounced, I came in your mouth. Breakup sex, right? It's like it's, it's you know, bad thing after bad thing after bad thing after bad thing, and he's just acknowledging like, for everything that like we tried to do, like this happened, you know, this happened, this happened, and like and nothing worked. And then the chorus is the same chorus again, but louder, like they're yelling it now, yeah. almost. So yeah. like, if it's an argument, then now they're just yelling it, and then it ends. It sounds triumphant, but it's really just like the end of the marriage and it's just done and over yeah good goodbye anyway that's my interpretation of that song i like that interpretation that's good i hadn't thought about it and sometimes it's hard to figure out well it, because it's, there's it's, a lot of eyes and you's going on there but i think yeah. if you look at it from different perspectives no i like that theory i i always thought of it as just like a singular kind of uh thing where one person was analyzing like 
trying to make a relationship work, the first refrain is just like acknowledging the disconnect and, and how these two parties just didn't come together, didn't, didn't make things work. And then the last refrain where he starts to like really sing it loud in that upper registry, kind of like scream, sing it like that is like the pain and the anger just like coming through to say like, you know, I did everything I could and like, I'm so fucking mad and like, I can't believe that this didn't work or like, I can't believe you left and like, fuck you. Like, it's just like, it's so heart wrenching. I was listening to this today as I was driving up the fucking highway and it's like, it's a song that definitely like gets the hair on my arms to come up and just like fucking like gets down in my plums. It's emotional, man. And makes me want to scream it too, dude. It's this huge yeah. emotional thing. A big part for me with with how this band works is it's not even so much about how you connect to it, it's how you connect to it with other people. Right. I really did enjoy this week going back through the whole catalog of Ween and kind of getting into that that early iteration of their music. You know, uh, that's one of the nice things about uh, it sucks that they're not doing any new music, but one of the nice things about it is you can spend that time going back, doing history work, digging into the catalog and and uh, find out what your your new favorite track might be. So the next time you're at a show, you won't be looking around at everyone else singing the Stallion Suite. Ween, if you're listening, I know you are. You're going to you know, you're going to make another record. So just go ahead and do it. Stop dicking around and make another record. Uh, you know, the one I go back to all the time is the um, the all request live concert. Ooh, that they did on yeah. the internet and 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 Gene intros it and he goes he goes hey we're waiting you didn't pay a cent so don't fucking complain this shit is free <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he's just like all right live on the internet <laughs> <laughs> and uh on that all request live is a, a a fantastic version of demon sweat so like listener and listener's friend uh whenever you get to this like go check that one out too yeah it's a real drippy little slow at the beginning and and then it eases you into this face ripper guitar solo that's pretty um, awesome that you use like the kids vernacular these days drippy is really hot with the kids <laughs> so good on you frodo I'm gonna keep it is this keep are it you being sarcastic present. to kids actually say dripping 100 percent, yeah what do they say it in reference to? Your style is drippy. My daughter told me that the other day. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Do you know who else uses drippy? <laughs> Cold callers. Cold callers you use drippy? They Well, they say they want to drip on people. What? I don't know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> we have devolved into ween lyrics. What are cold right callers? <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for us this week at Six Picks Music. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining. Thank you, listener. Thank you for bringing a friend. Thank you, listener's friend, for joining us. On the next episode of Six Picks Music, we're talking about murder. Murderers in song and the murders they commit or want to commit. Murder. <laughs> this episode of Six Picks Music is produced by Peter Pants. Edited by Barry Mapol. <laughs> With special thanks as always to Dixie Rect. Barry Mapol. <laughs> 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 <laughs>